0: we're talking there in Galatians, and it was kind of a little kickoff verse, and it was, let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap, if we faint not. That's kind of, read that verse, you know, and it's just kind of, you know, we can get weary, you know, and I, I was talking with, and it's been... I said with brother uh brother Bob said it's been discouraging. This news could be discouraging. But there's the Lord will encourage you. And we'll get into that but uh I got I talked with brother John Wagner. I talked with brother John probably over a year. He pastors uh Juniper Canyon Baptist Church up in Primeville and he shared a verse with me this morning and I shared one back and and he said this. He says you can be tired in the fight but don't just get tired of the fight. And I said, hey, amen, that, that's, that's pretty good. And even the verse he texted me, I said, man, I'm just going to go ahead and use that in a sermon today. But, but, and it was Proverbs chapter 8, so if you read your Proverbs today, then you already read it. So, I mean, it's just a real blessing. So, I mean, it's, you don't want to get tired and give in to that fight and be weary. And uh, Hannah didn't do that. She didn't. I know I had a lot of points there on Hannah being a saint, so I'll turn over there to 1 Samuel, and we'll just kind of pick up where we left off. My wife is here today. I don't know how it is. I think this is the first time I've ever done a lesson on a woman. <laughs> I'll find out how this goes when I get home. <laughs> I'll try not to brag on old Hannah too much before I brag on my wife, praise the Lord, and she... I do love my wife a lot more than Hannah. Amen. So, but Hannah was this, we, we learned, we read through 1 Samuel 1 and 2. I think we, we will read uh Hannah's prayer. Chapter number 2, um down to verse 10. It says, And Hannah prayed and said, My heart rejoiceth in the Lord. My horn is exalted in the Lord. My mouth is enlarged over mine enemies because re- I rejoice in thy salvation. There is none holy as the Lord, for there is none beside thee, neither is there any rock like our God. Talk no more exceedingly proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth, for the Lord is a God of knowledge, and by him actions are weighed. The bows of mighty men are broken, and and they that stumbled are girded with strength. They that were full have hired out themselves for bread, and they that were hungry seized, so that the barren hath borne seven, and she that hath had many children is waxed feeble. The Lord killeth and maketh alive, he bringeth down to the grave and bringeth up. The Lord maketh poor and maketh rich, he bringeth low and lifteth up. He raises up the poor out of the dust and lifteth up the beggar out of the dunghill to set them among princes. Man, I just read, I just listened to this testimony today on this, uh, this guy interviews people and it's great because I like how he, he interviews nobodies. You understand what I mean by that? We'll get another, you know, Paul even said, you know, all the things Paul did. He was, you know, circumcised this, a Jew, this and that. He, he was a somebody. But he goes and interviews this gangbanger. This gangbanger guy, been locked up when he was a kid, did some crimes, got locked up, tried an adult, did eight years. Then he gets out for two and a half months, goes and gets thrown in there for another nine years, gets out, <laughs> and, he, and he noticed him, mean, his dad's beating him, his mom's beating him. You know, or no, putting me back up. His mom, his dad beat the mom and beat him and beat their brothers. And they did all this time in prison. He gets out of prison, starts talking to his mom. He notices his mom. He says, I always had this void. I always had this void. And I knew where he was. Like, you know, you're hoping he goes there. You're like, is he going to go there? Is he going to, because you don't know the, you don't know the end of the story. And he says, he goes to his mom and she, he grew up Buddhist, but then she, she got saved. This guy ends up getting saved. Long story short, I'm sorry, I'm kind of going on. Get saved, and now he's doing prison ministries in, like, Thailand and Korea and China. Guy's got neck tattoos like this. He was like some Ching Ling gangster, you know, from, I mean, legit Chinese East L.A. gangster, you know, a bad boy. Gets saved, and now he's set among princes, you know what I mean? He's a not a somebody, but you listen to this guy talk, and you're just like, wow. I told Laura just a little bit of it, and she's like, yeah, that guy's rooted, grounded. Understands the Lord, understands what happened in his heart, and he even says that changed his changed his whole life, and it was just amazing. You know what I mean? It just you know that encouraged me, and to make them inherit the throne of glory, for the pillars of the earth are the Lord's, and He that set the world upon them. I mean, He raised the beggar out of the dung hill. You know what I mean? Rejoice that you got saved, and you weren't in the you ain't in a dung hill no more. He will keep the feet of his saints and the wicked shall be silent in darkness for by strength shall no man prevail. The adversaries of the Lord shall be broken to pieces. Out of heaven shall the thund- shall he thunder upon them. The Lord shall judge the ends of the earth and he shall give strength unto his king and exalt the horn of his anointed. And that was the end of her prayer. And we talked, we talked, I mean, my first point, they're all S's and how Hannah was a saint and her, her heart rejoiced in the Lord and we talked a little bit about how David kind of it was a little bit similar there with his prayer in Psalms sixty-two it was really great. And uh, Hannah was a saint; she was the word of the Lord made it to where she wasn't sad anymore. That's it, it. Should be that way. I mean, you're bummed out, and you're tired, and you're weary, and Man, it just, it never fails. You just go read your Bible and pray to the Lord. And then you read your Bible and you're like, man, I needed that. I needed that. You know, and that, that's what Hannah did. And um, she was full of the spirit. You know, she worshiped the Lord. That was one of the last points. She worshiped the Lord. And I like what brother, uh, brother Rick Taraza said. I mean, the Lord spoke to me when he was talking about that, that worship. I was like, amen, man. I need, I need to worship the Lord just a little bit more lot more through the good and and through the bad. I mean, this could be considered bad with pastor. I think it's pretty good. And I can worship him for it either way. But I'm going to choose just to worship him regardless. God kept her feet. And I know I mentioned old Jezebel. And some people just kind of looked up and didn't really... I'm like, well, that story. So I wanted to turn there. Second Kings. God kept her feet, but he, you know, he didn't keep old Jezebel's feet. Jezebel was one of the most wicked women, the wicked witch of the west, so to speak. You know, she was horrible. So Second Kings, chapter nine, hold your place there. First Samuel. Why would I turn all the way over here? What's this? Second Kings chapter 9. This is what the Lord wanted with Jezebel. This is what He thought of her. And the way she treated people, the way she murdered people, thoughts and tension in her heart, the way she made her husband to sin... And the Lord said, "This is what I'm going to do to you." Second, I'm sure I'm right. Second Kings nine, verse number thirty. And when Jehu was come to Jezreel, Jezebel heard of it, and she painted her face and tired her head and looked out a window. And as Jehu entered in at the gate, she said, "Had Zimri peace, who slew his master?" And he lifted up his feet, his face to the window, and said, "Who is on my side? Who?" And there looked out him two or three eunuchs and he said, throw her down. So they threw her down and some of her blood was sprinkled on the wall and on the horses and he trod her under and he trod her underfoot. So he just stomped her. That's crazy. And he was come in and he did eat and drink and said, go see now this cursed woman and bury her for she is a king's daughter. And they went to bury her, but they found no more of her than the skull and the feet and the palms of her hands. Wherefore they came again and told him, and he said, This is the word of the Lord, which he spake by his servant Elijah the Tishbite, saying, In the portion of Jezreel should dogs eat the flesh of Jezebel, and the carcass of Jezebel shall as dung upon the face of the field in the portion of Jezreel, so they shall not say, This is Jezebel. I mean, that's... Don't get any more rough than that. (laughs) I mean... It's a horrible lady. Hannah was not like this lady <laughs> she God she was a saint. Jezebel wasn't you know um, second point back over there first Samuel, if you don't mind. Hannah was strong first Samuel chapter two number four. It says, the bows of mighty men are broken, and they shall stumble Are girded with strength. You know what? She she knew where the strength came from. She knew where the truth came from. Philippians 4.13 says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengthens me. And we know that. But she didn't have Christ back then. But she did have faith in God. And that was her strength. Turn over there to Romans chapter 5. This was actually, uh, this verse helped me quite a bit. This whole book helped you quite a bit. Romans chapter 5. It says, therefore being justified by faith, We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. And not only so, but we glory in tribulations, also knowing that the tribulation worketh patience and patience experience and experience hope. I like that experience. And I had to go through some stuff. You're going to have to go through some stuff to get some experience. And experience hope. And hope, This I love this verse, And hope maketh not ashamed, because the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given unto us. For when we were yet without strength, in due time Christ died for the ungodly, and that was the first verse I've ever read after I got saved and I just started bawling. Everybody's verse was, I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. And the Lord gave me that verse where we were yet without strength. For you is saved. When you was out there doing ungodly things, you know what I died for you? all you had to do was accept it. All you had to do was call upon me. All you had to do was just believe in your heart. And he's helped. Hope maketh not ashamed. Look at Proverbs chapter 8. Proverbs chapter 8 and uh, verse number 14. Got this from Brother John Wagner this morning. (laughs) Counsel is mine and sound wisdom. I am understanding. I have strength. You know what? Wisdom has strength. Wisdom has strength. Hannah was wise. You look through here and what Hannah did and you're not going to say she was dumb. You're not going to say she was stupid. You're not going to say she was not strong, especially in the faith. Might have been weak physically, but like Paul said, when I'm weak, then am I strong. You're going to have to depend on the Lord for His strength. Some people get it, I kinda understand it. I think I, I do believe that's a growing process in Christianity. The new guy's not really gonna get that. Maybe they will. Maybe they won't. But it, it took me a little bit. My hand was wide. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter number 16. And in verse number thirteen it says, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quit you like men, and be strong. No, just be strong. Stand fast in that faith. Let all of your things done be done with charity. I beseech you, brethren, that the house of students that is in the first fruits of Ica, and that ye have addicted themselves to the ministry of saints. That ye submit yourselves unto such, and to everyone that helpeth us that laboreth. <sighs> I think I went a little far with that one. But just being strong, Hannah was strong. Turn over the back over there to first Samuel. First Samuel two nine he says he will keep the fate of his saints, keep the feet of his saints, and the wicked shall be silent in darkness, for by strength shall no man prevail. You know what you might do something in your own power, but it ain't gonna last. Your strength physically is gonna disappear. You have self will. Never good. You get growing pains. You know what? Your strength in the Lord should increase. And experience hope, patience. And you got that patience. You started going through some things and you started praying. And then the Lord answered your prayer and you said, now I got some hope. And then the next time something comes along, most times we forget it. How am I going to get through this? Patience, faith, experience, hope. And grow. Increase your faith. Increase your trust. And He does. And he'll fight your battles for you too. He fights the best battles. That's what it says there. Where are we at? on the wrong page for by strength shall no man prevail you get your strength from him Samuel cried out to him when they got the ark back Philistines came in and they were going to sack him he prayed offered that lamb that suckling lamb you know what happened Hailstones come down. I'd like to see something like that. I think of Joshua when he's going into Promised Land. He says, oh, you just keep going. He says, I'm just going to smite them with hailstones. And big hailstones come down and smote them. You're just standing there watching this. Lord fought the battle. I've seen it. Elisha. Of blindness and you know, when you pray watch for God to work in your life mm-hmm. and in others lives that you're praying for amen mm-hmm. you should be praying for other people and when the Lord helps them don't forget it maybe write it down in a book of remembrance mm-hmm. that's what I do tell you what you open up that book of remembrance you start reading it later, it, you'll start crying. You know why? Because you forgot about some of those. Like, man, I forgot all about that. Good thing I wrote it down. It'll strengthen you. Increase your hope. Increase your strength in Him. Thirdly, I'd like to say that Hannah, Hannah spake. First Samuel chapter number 1, verse number 13, it says, Now Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she had been drunken. You know what, she just spoke in her heart when she's praying. Lips moved. And on verse number 15, it says, And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I am a woman of sorrowful spirit. I have drunk neither wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul... Before the Lord, you know that's a good thing to pour out. Just pour it out unto the Lord. Honor that. That's what David did over there. And you have to turn to First Samuel chapter thirty. How much time we got here? This was David running from the Lord over in Ziglag. They took all his stuff took all his wives, took them all captives, took all their treasures. It says then David and the people that were with him lifted up their voice and wept until they had no more power to weep. You say, what's that? That's emptying yourself. By the way, he gets right with the Lord after that. They were going to kill him. They were going to kill David. And you know what the Bible says? The Bible says he encouraged himself in the Lord. You know, he remembered some of those things. Oh, you know what happened? You know back then I I I won some victories back then. I prayed to the Lord and stuff happened. But I've been running for a little bit now. But maybe I'll just go inquire of the Lord like I used to and get back on track. And you know what, Lord, Lord heard him. He got his everything back and more. Hannah, Hannah emptied herself. David emptied herself. For sake of time, you know the friend, the hymn. What a friend we have in Jesus! I'm gonna actually. I will read it. I know one of my favorite songs is near the cross, but this one's starting to get a little more to me too. What a friend we have in Jesus. All our sins and griefs to bear. What a privilege to carry everything to God in prayer. Oh, what peace we often forfeit. Oh, what needless pain we bear. You know, when it's read kind of like this, it's not as, you know what I'm saying? It's a great song when you're singing it. The melody's wonderful. But when you really start thinking at the words, you're like, man, that's some truth right there. That's just a, that's just a preaching song. All because we do not carry everything to God in prayer. Have we trials and temptations? Is there trouble anywhere? We should never be discouraged. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Can we find a friend so faithful? Who will all our sorrows share? Jesus knows our every weakness. Take it to the Lord in prayer. Are we weak and heavy laden? Cumbered with a load of care. Precious Savior, still our refuge Take it to the Lord in prayer. Do thy friends despise forsake thee? Hannah had that problem. David had that problem. Take it to the Lord in prayer. In his arms he'll take and shield thee. Thou wilt find a solace there. There's another verse here. We're going to turn to Luke. Hold your place there in 1 Samuel. Turn to Luke. we got two pastors we're going to turn here to. This is the only time this is recorded in scripture. Luke 22. Luke chapter 22 and verse 40. It says, And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast, and he kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou wilt be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And and here it is. And being in agony, he prayed more earnestly. I got that highlighted. That's a hard place to be but you'll really pour it out when you're there. And his sweat was as it were great drops of blood falling down to the ground. You can run that right back over there to Hebrews, and you have not resisted unto blood striving against sin when the the Lord became sin for us. Amen. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow. And he said to him, Why sleep ye, rise and pray, lest ye enter in temptation. You know what Hannah wasn't Hannah wasn't sleeping. Hannah prayed. And she was in agony. Especially with Openina. Turn over to Second Timothy chapter two. I've got to say, quit saying I like this verse. So I stopped. I, I catch myself. I like this. I like this verse. I like this verse. As you you can, you can just look through my Bible and it's like this. That's because I like that verse. <laughs> it's like your daily bread. You know what I mean? That, that, I mean, talk to brother Mike and he's like, I don't like marking in my Bible. And then I was talking to him the last time and he goes, well, I did underline it. I said, that's where it starts. The Lord spoke to you on the it. And that's where you're like, I don't want to forget that. That's how, anyhow, I'm sorry. I like that verse. <laughs> All right, 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22. It says, flee also youthful lusts, but follow righteousness, faith, charity, peace with them that call on the Lord out of a pure heart. I like getting around brethren. I got a pure heart. Hannah was a person that prayed out of a pure heart. She was. Her prayers recorded in scripture before David's before a lot of people's. She started off this book first Samuel and David ended up in it, but her prayers first. And she poured out her heart unto the Lord. Man, I think of brother Chuck Colson. I don't think he pastors up there. He turned it over to a different guy, but you get around certain people that just call upon the name of the Lord out of a pure heart. And you're like, I want to be around those people. I want to get something off them. I want to go glean off them. I want to learn something, you know. And I remember that was like that one time they asked Brother Chuck Colson just to pray in the service, or at, in between services, or after the service, and they go, "Pastor Chuck Colson, would you just miss us in prayer?" And this way, he says he goes, "Lord, thank you, Amen." <laughs> I'm telling you right now, the Spirit of God was there, and you just knew it. I mean, you knew it. I remember we went up to Walla Walla, go see Pastor Chuck Colson, meeting a couple, and some, some people, and uh, I remember one brother asked him, says, says, hey Pastor Colson, would you pray for my mom? And man, I'm telling you right now, the Lord just filled that room. You know, you ask some people to pray for you. Hey, can you pray for me on this? And Chuck Colson did something I I learned from that day. Chuck Colson says, yeah, he goes, you just want to pray now? Let's just pray now. I'm tell. I got convicted about that. Let's just pray now. Why do we got to wait till later to pray? I don't know because I'm gonna go pray by myself. No, let's just pray now. So we prayed there, and I'm telling you, I mean the the it, the Lord came in. It was great. I remember we went up to. His church, he had a, he had a camp meeting up there. Or a revival, so to speak. Just a camp meeting. We all go in there and, you know, you walk into his church and, man, the first thing I notice is up, you know, the altar there, the bunch of teenagers are up at the altar and people are praying at the altar for the meeting before it gets started. And I'm sitting there and I'm standing right back over there and I'm looking up there and, uh, I'm, you know, facing like this and from back there and, and Pastor Chuck Colson comes up to me and goes, how you doing, Brother Mike? He goes, what do you think? And then Ke- Kevin comes up right alongside. He goes, what do you think, Brother Mike? And I go, man, I am just amazed at how many teenagers are up there praying right now. And he goes like this. He goes, I know. Let's go pray with them. <laughs> puts his arm around Kevin, puts his arm around me and you ain't going, guess we're praying now. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it was just Those that call out of the Lord are a pure heart. It better be real. Is it real? I needed that. You need some Elijah's in your life. And he's a, he's got some grit, but he's, he's a man of God, man. I say he's got, but he's one of the soft spoken guys. He's not a get up and job man. I love Pastor Chuck Colson. Not only did Hannah her turn back over there to First Samuel. Not only did Hannah, not only did she speak, verse number, chapter number two, verse three, but she knew when to speak. She says, talk no more so exceedingly proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. She said this after being ridiculed by Penina. Do we forget that? Chapter number 1, verses 6 and 7. And her adversary also provoked her sore to make her fret because the Lord had shut up her womb. And as she did this, so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. Talk no more exceedingly proudly. That'll preach. She did it year after year, Penina did to her. Day after day made fun of her oh, you can't have a kid, or however, you know what I mean? I don't know how it was. Just made her fret, sore. That's horrible. Fretting is horrible, horrible feeling. You want to go sleep it off. And this went on for a long time. She didn't punch her lights out, like some of us men would have probably done. To a guy. In fact, the Bible doesn't even record her saying anything to her. That's discernment. I said the point was knowing when to speak. On a different note, some people will speak all the time, they'll have an answer for everything even if you didn't ask him the question. Oh, you're just full of advice, aren't you? You've got all the answers to life's problems. Is that because you're Mr. or Mrs. Spiritual? I've had to learn that. Offering advice that wasn't asked for. <laughs> you know, better just have somebody ask you for it. Hey, how'd you do that? Oh, okay. Blah 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 blah. Somebody's going through something. Sometimes just a hug might help them. How did one, brother, said, "Arms are warmer than words." Talk no more, exceedingly proudly. She did this after Eli falsely accused her. Verses number one, or verses uh, chapter one, verse 12. And it came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. hand Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved. And Eli said to her, how long, verse number 14, will thou be drunken? Put away the wine from thee. Falsely accused her. But she just answered truth. 15 and 16. I like 16. Count, count not my, count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. She didn't defend herself by putting Eli's sons down. She said, I'm not a daughter of Belial. But if you look at Eli's sons in verse chapter number 2, verse number 12, it says, now the sons of Eli were, were sons of Belial. She said, look, I'm not like your kids. Don't accuse me of being like your kids. Why don't you go set them straight? Nope, that's not recorded. She knew when to speak. Talk no more exceedingly proudly. Let not arrogancy come out of your mouth. Doesn't have the comparisons. I mean, the Bible says Eli was was heavy. Bible says he couldn't see. Verses chapter number 418 and 415. She didn't call him names. What about you? You, You're the the drunkard or whatever. You know what I'm saying? (sighs) Doesn't even record her giving an answer after this is for the ladies here. After the verse number chapter number one, verse eight, then said Elkanah her husband to her Hannah, Why weepest thou? And why eatest thou not? And why is thy heart grieved? Am I not better to thee than ten sons? She could have said, No, no, not really. (laughs) But there's not an answer recorded there. Ladies could probably fill in that blank a lot better than I can. I'm just going to leave that one alone now. <laughs> but, but it doesn't record her answer. I will say this: her husband listened to her. Chapter number one, verse twenty. Wherefore it came to pass when the time was come. About after Hannah had conceived, she bare a son and called his name Samuel, saying, because I have asked him of the Lord, and the man Elkanah and all his house went up to offer unto the Lord the yearly sacrifice and his vow. But Hannah went not up, for she said unto her husband, I will not go up until the child be weaned, and when I would, and then I will bring him that he may appear before the Lord and there abide forever. And Elkanah, her husband, said unto her, Do what seemeth thee good, tarry until thou have weaned him. Only the Lord established his word, so that the woman abode and gave her son suck until she weaned him. You know, Elkanah had to give up his first son with his wife. He listened to her. That says something about Hannah. I says something about her. You know fourthly hand is sacrificed. Oh my God. You know what she gave what was supposed to, was gonna be most precious. She gave her boy. She gave him to the Lord. And when she had weaned him, she took him up with her, verse number 24 chapter 1, with three bullocks, one epa of flour, and a bottle of wine, and brought him unto the house of the Lord in Shiloh, and the child was young, willing to give him up. Not only her son, but these three bulls. These three bulls weren't the worst ones. These were the best ones. Today that would be like at the least three grand you're gonna get for three bulls. That's a lot of money. And she sacrificed. that cost him something. that cost her something. Her son? some money, some flour. That's a lot of work to make that, just to give it. The wine, that best juice, and lent him to the Lord and gave what was most precious. Kind of like over there when they poured all that. Elijah, we talked about Sunday, when Elijah poured out all that water on the offering. And that's a sacrifice for those people. And they knew it. Are you going to pour all that water on the offering? Yeah. Watch what the Lord's going to do. Just watch. Hey, look down there at Shady Acres, man. And I mean, I don't know. I was mean to text Brad how many members they got down there. They'll raise over a million dollars a year. And they got less than 200 people guaranteed. Over a million dollars a year for missions. That's an offering. And that's just for missions. That's not giving the love offerings that people come in. That's not, I mean, that's a sacrifice for some of these people, a lot of these people. But Hannah obeyed and fulfilled her vow. You know what? She loved Samuel. Chapter number 2 and verse number 19 says, Moreover, his mother made him a little coat and brought it to him from year to year. And when she came up with her husband to offer the yearly sacrifice, you know what? She was still going to be mom. Amen. But she gave her son. You know what else did? God. God gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him shall not perish, but have everlasting life. We quote it all the time. Lastly, I'll just Hannah suffered. This is kind of a difference in Christianity. 1 Samuel chapter one and verse number seven it says as he did so year by year when she went up to the house of the Lord. So she provoked her. Therefore, she wept and did not eat. Now, that wasn't fun. She suffered. I mean, you could ask Hannah, how did you get through this? How did you get through all that, Hannah? She'd say, God. Hope, experience, went through before. He's going to get me through it again. You know, this suffering, it's been said that this is the line where most Christians can't cross or won't cross. That's why it's not preached in a lot of the feel-good churches. You know what I'm talking about. I'm not trying to put down any other churches, but I've sat in a couple of them where they got the rock bands and this and that, and they're not going to talk about suffering. It's just not going to talk about it. You know? They won't cross it. As soon as that suffering starts to appear and as soon as you start to experience all that, you know what people retreat to? The world and the comfort that it has to offer. I can't get through that. I'm going to have to... Do X, Y, and Z. Now all of a sudden there's no faith, there's no patience, there's no experience, there's no hope. And probably they're going to be ashamed of what they're doing later on. Especially if you've got to take it in a pill form. Or whatever. Buy a race car. Or blah, 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 blah. I heard it said from one preacher. He said it was it was a it's a gift, the fellowship in his sufferings. Some people can bear it, some people can't. I tend to agree with that. I don't want the Philippians. We got a minute. Let's turn there. Philippians chapter four. I kind of hit this a little bit earlier. Praise the Lord. Turn right to it. No, Philippians chapter 3, excuse me. And then verse number 4. <clears throat> Though I might also have this confidence in the flesh, if any other man thinketh he that he hath, whereof he might, we might trust in the flesh, I more circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin and Hebrew of the Hebrew, of the Hebrews as touching of the law a Pharisee concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law blameless. But what things were gained to me? Those I counted loss for Christ. All those things that made him a somebody, all those things are like, who are you? Do you know who I am? I am the man when it comes to being an Israelite. I'm the man who knows just like Josiah. Josiah was the man. I mean, I've been a king since I was eight years old. Why do I got to listen to you? King Necho. I'm a somebody. Don't you know all the revivals that happened underneath me? But what things were gained to me, those I counted lost for Christ that I may know Him and the power of His resurrection and the fellowship of His sufferings and being made conformable unto His death. And I think about that sometimes. I'm going through some bad things. How long-suffering the Lord is with me. And I can't be a little bit of long suffering with somebody else. I'll raise both of them. Y'all long suffering with me tonight. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. But the Lord is graceful, merciful. Amen. First Samuel chapter 1 again and we'll just finish this last point. She was in bitterness of soul. One verse 10. And she was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. I'm just saying she suffered. She went through some things. Maybe she was a little emotional. Praise the Lord. It's okay to be a little bit emotional. God gave you emotions for a reason. For a reason. Like I said, no say I wonder about the people who don't use them. A man who can't cry, a man who won't cry. There's nothing wrong with it. You're not gonna tell me David wasn't a man. <laughs> you certainly ain't gonna tell him that in heaven. <laughs> but Jesus wept. We won't even get into that. Jesus was sorrowful. And nobody suffered more than Jesus did. And he did it for us. So in closing, Hannah was a saint. She was strong. She spake. She sacrificed. And she suffered. All things we can learn from. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. Lord, thank you for this book. Lord, thank you for Hannah. Lord, we, may you just uh, speak to us daily, Lord, as we read thy word. Lord, thank you for everybody here. Lord, I pray you keep, give them safe travels home. And Lord, I pray for our pastor, Lord, that, uh, Lord, that you heal them up. Lord, thank you again for this day and bless everybody here, I pray, in Jesus' name. Amen.